this in your son's precious name. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody agree with that said? Amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise in his house this morning. Come on. If he's faithful, if he's good, if he's worthy to be worshipped, we can get loud for him. Amen. Praise God. Let's trust him. You guys may take your seats here in person and uh, give us a moment while my lovely bride joins me on stage because we are tag teaming today and got a bunch of extra equipment today here. Yes. Y'all ready for Real Talk Sunday? Real Talk Sunday. Real Let's talk. go. Well, hey, good morning again, and welcome to Alive Family Church. We're so glad to have you guys here with us today, whether this is your first time or your hundredth time. Man, God always moves when we get in his presence, amen? When we come with a hungry heart. He says, uh, uh, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled, amen? And so if you came hungry today, just know you're going to leave full in Jesus' name. But hey, I hope you guys had a great 4th of July weekend last Sunday. We had Sabbath Sunday here at Alive. We literally took a Sunday off. <gasps> you heathen. I know. Like, like we just didn't do church because it was 4th of July and we, we're a family church and we, we believe that we can be the church outside the four walls. And, and as we're going to get into this new series that you'll hear more about starting next week about Sabbath and rest and better rhythms with the Lord, uh, it, it just made sense to practice what we preach and actually do it and take it off. But we are, we are excited to be back in the house with you guys this morning. And uh, like Erica said, it's called Real Talk Sunday. Everybody say Real Talk. Real Talk. We're be real. Now, disclaimer, we're real here every Sunday. Like, we don't, we don't fake it one Sunday and whatever. Like, we just give it to you. But, like, <laughs> like, we needed, like, a title. You know, this didn't fit into a sermon series. It didn't fit into anything. This is just, like, a bunch of random unrelated stuff that's been heavy on our hearts that we like, man, we just need to say it. We just need to help help all of us kind of journey in that. And, and some of it's pretty heavy, this, this disclaimer, and it's a lot of stuff that we're dealing with personally. Uh, but we've always endeavored as leaders of Alive to lead with transparency and lead with authenticity. And how many of you guys know that even because you're called to ministry and you're a pastor or a leader, doesn't mean you have it all figured out, amen? Like we're all on a journey. We're all in a process and we can all learn some new stuff through each new season of life. And so we're going to share a lot of that with you guys. We love what the Apostle Paul said and encouraged us in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. He said, follow my example as I follow Christ, right? How many of you guys know Paul, Apostle Paul wasn't perfect? He didn't have it all figured out, amen? But in him attempting to follow Jesus, he encouraged those that he was discipling to follow him. And, and, and we're doing the same way. Hey, you may, you may do some of the stuff that we're going to talk about better than us. And you may already have victory in some of this area, but we're just going to be raw and real this morning, and we have been praying all week that in the midst of this conversation today, the Holy Spirit would encourage and minister you, that there might be a situation that you're dealing with today. There might be a dilemma and a question and a why in your heart towards God that maybe the Lord helps answer today or push you in the right direction, and so that is what we're doing today. See, all ready for some real talk. Are you guys ready for it? Like pastors, unfiltered this morning. I don't know. Are you, are you, do you have your seatbelts buckled? Are you guys ready for it? All right, let's pray because we're going to need the Lord's help on communicating some of this stuff. Father, we love you so much, and we just thank you for today. We thank you for your presence. We know you're here, and Lord, we thank you for the word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Lord, we thank you for truth that goes forth. I thank you for a spirit of encouragement to blow through this place this morning as you help all of us walk out our faith practically in the real world that we live in today. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for it. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So um, Real Talk Sunday. So we're going to be talking about a lot of variety of things, but a handful of the things we're talking about is like midstream. A lot of times as a communicator, as a pastor, it's easier to communicate something 
once you're on the other side of it. Amen. Yeah. And like two years ago, this happened, and but God is good. We're sharing some stuff like raw and real, kind of right in the middle of it. And so, and I think it's going to be really helpful. But the first thing, we're talking about keeping it real. We're talking about real talk. And so um, just to kind of start us off, I'll, I'll say this. Some people would consider that or say that we have a deaf son. About a year and a half ago, our youngest son, Ezra, um, was diagnosed with severe hearing loss in both ears. Um, total shocker to us. Nothing that we had planned for his life. Um, we went back to the doctor six months ago, and they said his hearing loss is progressive. It's getting worse over time. And that the hearing aids that he's currently wearing are no longer strong enough and that um, we needed to start to consider some other options. They said the kind of hearing loss that he has, we don't know why. We don't, we don't know why he has hearing loss. We don't know the cause. Oftentimes people don't. He was born with hearing, but somewhere, somewhere along the line, he has lost it significantly. And the type of hearing loss he has, the doctors say, is irreversible. Like there's, there's nothing they can do to change it. Um, in the natural without medical help. Um, they say once you lose it, you, you have lost it forever. Yeah, so pretty heavy for us. You know, insert heartbreak, insert anger, insert confusion, insert why. Why God? Like, what? why is this happening to us? Like, this is our church planning baby. His whole life has been building, building a live family church. We moved here. We sold everything. We came over here to start alive, and he's been in the midst of that journey. Why? Why? And um, as you can tell, like, Ezra's diagnosis came as a total sideswipe to us. Like, like Erica said, we didn't plan this for it. We know that God didn't plan this for our son's life. Um, but but it's, it's heavy. It's real. And, and to top all that, we're pastors of a church. And not just pastors of a church, we're, we're faith people. Like, we believe God's word is true. We believe that God is, was, and still is a healer and can heal supernaturally, right? We, we believe that God, if God opened up deaf ears in the past, he's still the same God that can open up deaf ears today, right? We, we believe that, um, that God is still on the move and that he would have that for even our son and both us personally and we've seen in many other countless lives, God move and heal people supernaturally. Yet here we are dealing with Ezra's diagnosis, right? But for real, for real like the last year and a half have, have been pretty, pretty heavy, pretty hard for us, right? And uh, we've hit our knees hard. You know, there's only one way we know to respond get mad at God and just give up or just go to him because he's got a better plan always, amen? And so we've hit our knees hard in prayer. Uh, we've never fasted so much in our life just trying to get direction and hear from God and are we missing anything and anything that we need to be doing and how to, how to align ourselves with obviously the full manifestation of what we're believing for for our son. But it's been a long journey, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a long journey and it's, it's the beginning of the journey. It's the beginning of his story of healing. Yeah. Um, the story of Ezra's healing is just beginning and just to pick up the story kind of where we left it off. So we get that report six months ago that the hearing aids are not strong enough um, and he's declining in hearing and we were devastated. Um, I'm so proud of myself right now that I'm not sobbing because for service, I was a sobbing mess. It was, so I'm it was, so, a, it was a hot mess, yeah. <laughs> if you want to see me sob, go back and watch just first service. Watch I'm so the, happy that I'm not crying yeah. right now. Right. Um <laughs> So anyways, hearing aids cannot help, but we've discovered that he's a perfect candidate for cochlear, cochlear implants. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's a relatively new technology. The inventor is actually still alive, 
but it's a modern-day medical miracle. It's a bionic ear. It's the only um, medical technology that actually replaces a sense, replaces the sense of hearing. Um, and we found out that he's a perfect candidate for him and that he, he, with this technology, he would be able to fully hear and have a relatively normal hearing life. You know, a big thing with losing your hearing is that if you can't hear right, then you can't speak right and reading and all of the things. And he's at that age that the, all of that's so important. And so with this technology, people can hear normal, they can speak normal, they can go on and have a relatively normal life. Um, and so it's been a journey, but it's not what we, you know, people sometimes ask, like, how do you feel about it? You know, specifically moving forward with this cochlear stuff, it's like, this is not what what we had planned for Ezra. Um, but we're so grateful that the technology exists. Um, and, you know, the whole journey along this, as we're learning about this technology and how it, it, it brings hearing to deaf people, like people who cannot hear at all, they can hear with this technology. The whole time, the last couple months, I've been like, this is so close to the heart of the Father. Like Jesus came and he healed the deaf. And I just had a sense like, God, this has to be, from you, I know metaphorically you could you could say it's from him, but I recently found out that the inventor of the cochlear implant is actually like a legit praying scientist, like a legit believer, which is just so cool. I'm reading his autobiography right now, and he grew up with a father who was deaf and was so moved with compassion that he wanted to find a solution to fix ears and sensed a call from the Lord. He said, if I'm a believer and I'm in the medical field, my faith has got to count for something. It can't just be something that I believe, but it's got to have a practical impact on the world. And he went on prayer retreats and he depended on the Lord all throughout this invention. So we truly receive it as a gift from the Lord. And there's so much that um, we want to say on this topic. And really, there, it's been a, such a journey for us. We could talk about this all morning, but we're not. But there's two big things that we kind of want to just share with you guys, things that we're learning, things that we're relearning as it relates to how we, in, in terms of our faith and our walk with the Lord. Yeah, the first one that I want to jump in on is both and. All right, everybody say both both and and a lot you'll hear us say that a lot if you've been around it alive we've said that a lot but a lot of our life our faith our journey with God is a both and a lot of times we want to pick one side or the other or one solution over the other but I've found and we're continuing to learn daily that the Lord likes to work through both ands and specifically when it comes to uh, Ezra's hearing and healing and whatnot we've experienced uh, that, that there's a pathway of both the natural and the supernatural. We were, we were taught at Bible school that uh, it's often the natural working together with God's supernatural that make an explosive force for him. And sometimes we can get fruity and nutty and get too spiritual and just like just stay on that side of the ditch, or we can just get too natural and not depend on miracles or God or anything and just only do science and medicine. But I, I've always been taught and I always believe that there, God works through all of that on both sides, and there's a middle of the road that is a safe place for us to journey in faith uh, where we can partner together with both to bring the solution or the, the victory, the healing. And so for, for Ezra, just so you guys know, like, we're, like I said, we're faith people. We believe in God. We believe in healing. Uh, we've seen it happen. I was on a mission trip as a college Bible school student, and a young boy about Ezra's age, a little bit older, was brought up to us in Mexico, and he was deaf. And my, me and my friends laid hands on him and prayed, and his ears opened instantly. I'm like, God, if you open that kid's ears, I know for a fact you can open up Ezra's ears. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever seen that happen before in in the flesh in, in in my own gaze yet 
yet we're believing for the full healing manifestation of Ezra. However, it's a both and. And by faith, being led by the Spirit, we're pursuing medical natural remedies to help get our son access to all sound so that he can hear and learn and speak and grow and develop in his own age group and not fall behind in school. Amen? And so... There's a tension here, as you guys hear it. So we got people from different walks, different denominations, different backgrounds spiritually all in the room and tuning in online. And for some of us that we would consider more the faith camp, we'd say pursuing cochlear implants is such a lack of faith. How dare you, pastor? Shame on you. You're not true to your Bible roots. And I would just look at you straight in the face and say, I disagree with that. The Lord's loosened me. And for the other side, it's like, well, of course you're going to do the medicine there. Of course you're going to go the natural route. But, but I want to leave room for both and. Amen? Even by getting Ezra cochlear implanted and having a natural medical thing help him in this season doesn't rule out the fact that God can supernaturally heal both ears and that he'd be able to hear without any devices. Amen? It literally does not rule that out. And that was peace in our hearts to move forward with that in faith, knowing that, man, it could be a both and in the season. But, but for us as parents who want nothing more than the very absolute best for our kid, shame on us if we lay all in the faith box in camp and just do nothing until we see those ears pop open supernaturally. Do you get what I'm saying? I, it's a, I want to share the story in analogy. I put it this way. This is really Yeah, when ministered. there's medical technology that when would allow for When there's technology that the Lord has led us by his spirit that is an answer to a praying man's invention that literally is a replacement and, and we're a candidate for, like, it's shame on us, right? And, and this analogy has really helped set us free and help uh, maybe display this picture. Uh, go with me on this. So there was once a man and he was caught in a flood. And the waters were rising. And so he got up on his roof because the waters are rising pretty high. And it's not looking good. Everybody else is kind of getting out of there. And he gets on the roof and he says, God, I need you to save me from this flood. And so he's just kind of doing life and the water's going there. About an hour later, a man in a rowboat rows by his house and says, hey, hey, buddy, jump in. I'll save you. I'll save you. And the man on the roof says, no, I'm good. God's got me. He's going to save me. And so the rowboat's like, fine. And he moves on his way. The water starts to rise up. Now it's getting to his knees and his waist. A few hours later, a guy in a, with a motorboat rows by. And I'm not talking like a little like Johnson thing. I'm talking about like a 275 Merc. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this thing's got some power, bass boat type deal. He rows by and uh, he says, yo, hey, hop in my boat. I'll help you. I'll, I'll bring you to safety, right? And the man on the roof said, no, I already talked to God about it. He's got me. He's going to save me. And so he denies and this guy drives away. And now the water's really rising. Like, it's up to his neck, and about, in about a few minutes, he's going to have to be treading water, and he can't do that forever. It's not looking good for him. And in that moment, a helicopter flies over his roof, and he drops down a rope. And he says, hey, hop on the rope. I'll pull you up to safety. I got you. And he said, no, thanks, man. I'm just waiting on God. God's got me. And the man says, fine, and he flies out of there. Well, a few hours later, the guy can't tread water for that long, and he drowns and he dies. And he goes right before the Lord in his presence. And as he's sitting there, he says, God, where were you, man? You heard my prayer. And God leans in intently and seriously, and he goes, I sent you a rowboat. I sent you a motorboat, and I gave you a helicopter. What else did you expect, right? And as, 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 as funny and, and kind of crazy as that analogy is, it really helps put things in proper perspective for us that there's a natural remedy that is spirit-led, and can help our son here, and he's a candidate for it, and we're still believing for the manifestation. We still believe God's a healer. That doesn't change our fact. Our experience doesn't trump the truth of God's word, amen? A lot of us base our Bible belief and doctrine off of our natural experience and try to get the Bible to fit that, 
We believe in God's word, whether we ever see Ezra's ears open naturally or not in our lifetime, we believe that God can still and will do it. Amen? That doesn't shake us from the truth of God's word. The truth always trumps the facts. The facts are he cannot hear. The truth is he is the healed of the Lord. And now we're in the in-between. Get where we're at? And so we're walking it out by faith in the natural and the supernatural. It's a both and. Amen? So good. So good? We'll kind of keep going. Oh, I want to share that scripture. You want to share that scripture? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll, can I talk? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been talking a lot. So. Um, Story of our life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not an either or. We 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 navigate. We struggled with this because we felt like it was an either or. Either we yeah. pursue the either we believe God for supernatural healing or we pursue medical help. No, it's a both, both and. And. Yeah. and I just want to encourage you this morning. You know, a lot of times there's a stigma around that, a stigma around counseling, a stigma around pursuing medical help or any kind of help outside of praying. I just want to encourage you, man, when, when, when God created the world, before sin entered the world, God said, this is not good because Adam was lonely. And, and God could have said, Adam, you need to pray harder. Adam, you need to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet your need of being lonely by supernaturally doing something in your life. But God's remedy for his loneliness was to make Eve a helper suitable. And so I just want to encourage you that um, seeking counseling, there's, there's not a stigma around that here. Yes, both and, both pray and be- believe that your healing is from the Lord and have counsel like the Bible says to have counsel or seek the, the medical help until your body is able to be fully healthy without it. So just want to encourage you on the both and the and. And this scripture really encouraged us in in Second Kings, you know, there's, there's lots of stories of the both and and just of the supernatural. This would be an example of the both and, where Hezekiah was, um, the prophet Isaiah came to Hezekiah and told him that he was about to die. And Hezekiah said, heck no. And so he prayed and he got on his knees and he cried out to the Lord. And before Isaiah left, he said, oh, your, your prayers have, have made a difference. And, and God said that he's going to heal you and add 15 years to your life. And, and we see in the scripture in 2 Kings um, 20, chapter 20, verse 7, it says this, Then Isaiah said um, to Hezekiah from the Lord, he says, Make an ointment from figs. So Hezekiah's servant spread the ointment over the boil, and Hezekiah recovered. So here we see a scriptural example of where Hezekiah prayed to be healed, and the answer was from a, was through a medical solution of figs that cure boils. And so I just want to encourage you this morning. I want to release you this morning. It can be a both and. Amen. We talk about as a church, we are a both and church. We both reach the lost and we disciple the believers. All th- almost every topic in our faith is a both and, both the natural and the supernatural. Amen. Amen? Good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Last thing on this topic, and then we're going to go to a couple other topics. Um, another big thing that I personally have been navigating through, want to share my story to encourage maybe some of you guys is this topic of Blessing God at all times. If I could be super honest, this as a mama bear, um, this has been an emotional journey. A whole range of emotions from sadness and grief to anger and, and confusion and all of the emotions. But one emotion that has surprised me along this journey is anger towards God. Um, one day, it was actually the day... Um, 
the day that we went to see if he was a cochlear implant candidate, and I was in the sound booth with him, and they were having sounds come through speakers without him being able to read lips to see how much speak, speech recognition he has, even with his hearing aids on. And he like totally flunked. Like the speaker said, dad. And he was supposed to repeat what he heard. And he said, done. And I just broke. Like he can't hear dad. And I was just, and it was an emotional day. So he had speech therapy appointment that afternoon. I was in the car alone for 45 minutes and just working through emotions. And I journal a lot, but I used to write poems a lot, and so I, I wrote a poem. And I wrote a poem to Ezra because it was feeling the weight of, we have to make this decision for our son. It's a huge decision for his life that we're making for him. And so I was writing this poem, and I was writing it to Ezra just to kind of process my emotions. Like, Ezra, what would you have us do? Like, if this was you, what would you, you, you know, if you were making this decision, how would you make it? Just processing how I was feeling. At the end of the poem, this, like, rage came out. There were a couple of lines of, like, full-out anger towards the Lord. And it was the first time that I had was aware of it and acknowledged it. Um, that next week, we had already planned, to Eric and I, to do a full fast, no water, or just water, no food or anything else that whole week because we were so desperate to hear from the Lord. God, we need to know for sure if we're supposed to move forward with this cochlear or what your plan is. And the first two days of that fast, it was just the Lord dealing with me about this anger that I had towards him. Anybody ever been angry to the angry at the Lord? It's real, right? Yeah. We can't just ignore it and and avoid it and let it brew and become poison to our heart. Right. So it was the second day of the fast, and I was home alone, and I was folding. It was around the time that the Maverick City Music album came out, which we loved. And I was listening to the album, and the Promises song came on. And, and one of the main lines of the song says, I will bless you in the middle of the storm, in the middle of my trial. I will bless you in the middle of the road when I don't know where to go. And when that song came on, I just lost it, like full-blown lost it, sobbing in my room because I could not and did not want to sing that song I didn't believe it. I, I, no, I don't want to bless you right now, Lord. I'm mad at you right now, actually. And I played the song a couple of times as the Lord was working on my heart until I could finally sing it and truly mean it. Lord, I will bless you in the middle of the trial. I will bless you in the middle of the storm. I will bless you in the middle of the road when I don't know where to go and I don't know where this is leading. So I just want to encourage you, and at that moment, peace dropped, and there was a breakthrough moment where, you know, Psalm 34, one, something we, we know, but something I was relearning in the moment, Psalm 34, one says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. But that question why is haunting, Right? The scriptures say we see through the glass dimly right now, but someday we will see face to face and we will know all and we will see all. I don't know why this is happening in his life right now. I know that it's not from God. Amen. God doesn't cause sickness. God didn't put this on my son. God is just mad about this as I am. This is not his will. We live on a fall, in a fallen world. But I'm asking the question why. And if I could be really unfiltered and, sh and share some conversations I've had with the Lord, it's like, Lord, like we left everything to build your church. God, we, 
We put it all on the line. Like Ezra was our church planting baby. Like he was, his infancy was through this church building season. Why? I don't know the answer to that question, but I'm still going to bless him. Yeah. And I'm still going to trust his goodness. And I know that it's not him putting this on yes. Ezra. Jesus at the cross asked the question, why? You know, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, Jesus fully knew his purpose. He knew what he had come to do. But you could assume or infer that probably in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says, if there's any way, let this cup pass. Right. And on, on the cross, he says, my God, why? That question why was something I was wrestling with. But I have chosen to say, God, I will bless you. I trust you that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know what all this looks like. But I know you are his healer. And I know you're going to heal him supernaturally in, in somehow, some way. But we're going to trust you in the both and. Amen. So good. And so, you know, like. We're just being led through this whole process, you know. If we can be transparent like we are, there's no Bible verse that says, thus saith the Lord, get cochlear implants for Ezra. <laughs> it says, nothing shall be impossible with God. Lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That's what we're seeing and reading. So there's this in-between of faith and walking it out with peace. And, and one thing that we just want to reiterate to you guys, I, we're, we're being real raw and real. Like this is something like we're processing in the middle like Erica said, usually you'll tell this story like five years of the road, once the ears open supernaturally and it's everybody celebrates and encourages faith to get healed too. But we're, we're just being raw and real like David was like, hey, we don't have it all figured out, uh, but we'll still worship the Lord. Uh, but one thing we do know, we have 100% peace from the Lord to pursue cochlear. And the Bible says in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of God rule like an umpire in your heart. And we just have prayed, Lord, give us a check, give us a sign. Do get our attention if we're making a huge error by going the medical route. And he has not given us a lick in that. He's only encouraged it. Just so you know, Ezra is ecstatic about this. Like, he cannot, like, giddy, excited about it. He, 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 he cannot wait to hear the fullness of sound. He's getting his right ear implanted first. It's like the one that's almost completely deaf. His left is getting worse. He may get implanted in the left as we move forward in the future, but we're just doing one at a time right now. Um, but we have peace. We have peace about it. And so uh, last thing we'll say about this topic is we covet your prayers. We feel your prayers, and we'd ask you to agree in faith with us. It's a big week for the Giso household. This Wednesday morning, we head to U of M Ann Arbor, and he's going to get implanted. So this, this week, it's going down, and we just wanted it. We just felt like we needed an outlet to share this so we don't have 80 conversations offline trying to explain the same story. So we're just, as a church family, all on the same page and what we're agreeing with. But could you guys believe with us in faith that the surgery is flawless with no complications? Something we're really believing for, sometimes the residual hearing is damaged and scarred by this, but there's cases where it isn't. We're believing that his residual, his natural hearing, how God gave it to him, would not be damaged. It just makes it easier when God wants to open that ear fully down the road on his own anyways. Uh, but again, God's amazing, and he can do whatever he wants. Creative miracles. Believe with us for a full and quick recovery, and just thank you guys for supporting us along this journey. We, we really do appreciate it. And we love you. So. Yes, it'll be a journey. He'll be implanted on Wednesday. Then he won't be activated for another three yeah, weeks. Yeah, he doesn't hear right it away takes a while. on Wednesday. Yeah, it's, it's a process, but... Um, but we appreciate your prayers. We're walking it out, so... Next topic. Are you guys ready for the next one? Yeah. It's not going to get any lighter yet. We're going to stay in the heavy vein. <laughs> next topic is politics. <laughs> say what? We just want to say a couple of things on this. Oh, shoot. She goes, someone said, what? Um, yes. Unless you live under a rock, you know that our culture is super politically charged right now, right? Um, politics in, in many ways has become people's religion. 
They have, put, they, they have put their faith in their trust in a political leader or a political party saying, if this, you know, America will be saved if this political leader wins or this political party is in office. And to some extent, I think even subconsciously saying my life will be saved if this politically part, political party or political leader is one. And we just want to say as your pastors, that's concerning. We, we're not saying we're seeing that here, but in culture, where people are putting their faith in politics in the way that they should be putting their faith in Jesus in the kingdom wow, of on. heaven. Um, it's a faith misplaced because our hope, our full hope, and our full trust should be in the Lord and the Lord only. Yeah. Our, our focus and our attention should be on what is happening in the kingdom of God, which supersedes all earthly kingdom. So we just want to encourage you on a couple of things on this topic. Yeah. And so that whole kingdom thing, I love what the writer of Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verse 28 says, says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, everybody say kingdom, 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 which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And so it's a kingdom thing. Like we, we put our all in and we advance the kingdom of God. We are price representation uh, here on earth, right? And, and it's not for a political party, it's for the kingdom of God, amen? Now, we can have Bible-based convictions by the Holy Ghost on one side. That's fine. We're not saying that. We're just saying, hey, let's not be so blinded by the division that's going on in our country, in our nation right now, to where we put uh, politics as our God, as our religion, and we, uh, like, that's the Savior, and that candidate's the Savior, and that's the only way it's going to be good. I'll be mad if it doesn't happen that way, right? And, and, and we advance the kingdom of God. And in case you guys have not caught it yet, we are not, quote unquote, a political church. And for some of you, that might disappoint you. There's other churches in town that are very, very open and direct from the platform about what they do politically. And, and we, we, we agree with politics, but we don't, we don't like them. Like, it's just part of life, right? It's not our mission. It's our mission our is mission. to preach the gospel. Our mission is to preach the gospel, right? And, and so we heartfeltly believe that you can be a Democrat and love Jesus. And you can be a Republican and you can love and serve Jesus. Now, the Republicans in the room are saying under their breath, that's not true, Pastor. And the Democrats are bumping their, and they're saying, that's not true. And some of you guys, but I'm independent, or I don't give a rip. You can love Jesus, serve Jesus too, and be a part of a life too. We just want you to know you're all welcome here. We've got people on both ends of the aisle sitting in the same room right now. Praise the Lord. And I'm, I think Jesus and God is so good. honored by that. We're not swinging one way or the other, right? And we all have our Bible-based convictions. You... From here to my backyard, you might get a different conversation because it's the way I practice in biblical. But I'm not going to, may you never feel pressured to be campaigned when you come to church to connect with God. Can I get an amen on that? Like, this is where we connect with God and we put Jesus as our Lord. Uh, you guys figure it out. We're never going to get in your business on who you vote for. And if you voted for him, how dare you? You can't come to our church and all that stupid stuff that I've been hearing these days. And that's, just, that's just a bunch of junk from the enemy. And it's time for us to unite as the body of Christ, no matter what color and what side we fall on, because at the end of the day, that's all gone. And there's only one kingdom. Amen? And are we presenting and pushing that kingdom forward? Because I think people outside the church look at the church and we got the same issues going on and we're still bickering about the same political things and they don't want to get close to Jesus with a 10-foot pole because they see, I don't want that fruit, right? It's the same in the church and outside the church. Sorry, I, I got off. But, but the whole goal of my heart is this, Let's not let our political fervor get in the way of sharing the love of Christ with others. Amen? 
Can we be a place where we always share Christ's love and you're always welcome at the table? There's always room for discussion and growth. Amen? Yeah. Um, and, and I'll just mention this. I think we need to be aware, you know, we need to be aware of what's coming in our ear gate and what's coming in our eye gate, specifically when it comes to media. Right. Um, you know, media on both sides is demonizing the other side. And, you know, you might believe a certain way and watch a, sh a certain news channel and you have a friend who believes a, a different way politically and watches a different news channel and they might say something and you're like, how in the world can you say Same that? Yeah. It's because they're hearing a different side of the news. And so I just want to encourage us to be as wise as serpents and, what's, harmless, as and harmless as doves to be aware of what are we feeding are we checking our news app more frequently than we're checking our Bible app? Like, what is our consumption? Let's go. Um, and, and to just say, hey, at, at Alive, we stand for biblical values. And, and vote based on your biblical values. Like Eric said, you could be a, a believer in both ends of the camp because a believer on one camp says, I believe this politically because... I believe that the Bible says that we should help the poor, so I vote this way. Another believer says, well, I vote this way because I believe in the biblical value of the, um, the sanctity of, of, um, human of human life in marriage. And so we're saying, hey, we're going to preach the word. We're going to elevate the kingdom of God. We're going to preach biblical values, and we're going to... We, we encourage you, I guess we're encouraging you, let's not be divisive. Let's not be judgmental towards our fellow believers who might have a different political sway than us and, and be kingdom-minded to push the mission of the kingdom forward, which is not the mission of politics. We're going to elevate the Bible. We're going to focus on advancing the kingdom of God. Politics is not our religion. Our faith is in God. Amen. Everybody take a deep breath. All right, on a lighter topic. Lighter, yeah. Lighter. A little lighter. And so I get to introduce all of the topics. So the next topic. I let her take the hard, <laughs> yeah, hard part. Yeah. The next topic, just real quick, parenting in the 2020s. Hey if we could just continue to be really frank this morning, we want to encourage you, get your kids to church in person. Get your grandbabies to church in person. COVID and the lockdowns and all of that that has driven a lot of people online primarily. You know, as an adult, online service translates a little bit better because you recognize that you're part of a community when you're tuning in. Right. For Kids Church Online, although it's wonderful and it's great, and we've got a whole website full of, you know, 60 different online services, kid, the community does not translate for the kids. It's just another show that they're watching. They don't understand the concept of being planted in the church and, and being in community with other believers when they're just watching it online like a show. You know, our kids, this next generation desperately needs to be planted in the church, to be bathed regularly in the word, both at home and in the context of the local church. You know, Psalm uh, 92, 13 through 14 says, planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. I love this phrase for our kids and for ourselves, growing in grace, they, they shall bring, fruit, bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap, of spiritual vitality, and rich in the verdure of trust and love and contentment. So I'll say this. Our kids, are this next generation is being discipled by someone. 
Almost every kid nowadays has a phone, even, you know, as early as age 8, 9, 10. They're being discipled by the TikTok influencers and by the YouTube channels and by the Insta stories that they're followed. They're being discipled. That voice is loud in their life, and we need to be intentional as parents to let them be in the community of the church, be in youth small groups and and be in kids' church and, and be discipled by you, their parents, and their grandparents, but as the church community as a whole. So let's let the word of God be planted deeply in their hearts and to be deeply engaged in in-person community. Amen. Uh, quick update for you guys, because we get a lot of questions, and we thought this would be a great avenue to kind of level the playing field as it regards to this facility and this building, and kind of more along the lines of living in that faith in the in-between, much like Ezra's story, which we share with you. We've kind of been walking this out in tandem with like our permanent home and this building, what's the deal? We're currently, just to catch you up on speed, we've currently been leasing this facility since last September. And we have a current lease with them that continues forward. About uh, January of 2021 is when we started to crack the door and open and have some conversation about potential purchase. Uh, negotiations kind of went up and down, pause, stall, that there haven't really been much uh, growth there. But in the meantime, we've done our part in the natural stuff that you normally would do after you have a signed purchase agreement, but because uh, we just felt like we wanted to have all of our ducks in a row and really feel peace about, hey, is this our home and is this our facility? We've already had an appraisal done on this building that favors our valuation of it. And uh, we actually had a full building inspection last week that we're waiting in the report this week. So we've gotten all of that. So there's no surprises for us. We know the foundation, the roof, conditions of the HVAC, all of that stuff. And from there, we're just going to walk it forward by faith. There's a, there's a real potential that in the next week or two, we're going to get serious about putting together a official offer. It's all been just kind of conversation email back and forth. Would you take this or not? We're going to get like official offer potentially together and make an offer on this facility. And so number one, we'd appreciate your prayers in all of that because uh, we believe that we want to follow God's will in all of it. However, uh, right now we do, just so you guys know, we have peace about moving forward with this facility. Yet as in everything, we hold everything with an open hand. Amen. And, and we know that God's way is always better. And so we know he led us here for a season. We're just trying to figure that out. And so a bunch of different scenarios could happen. We could very much see how this could be the next home and future permanent, permanent home of a live family church. We've got great plans of expansion and, and renovation of this building. We haven't done much to it because we're just leasing right now, and it's not really our permanent facility uh, yet. Um, we could lease this for the next few years and keep saving and, and jump to something else. Um, they could take our offer in the next few weeks. They could not. And we could still continue leasing and just walk it out. And maybe that changes down the road. They could put a big, fat, huge for sale sign right next to our sign out there on the road. That doesn't mean a lives gone or a lives failed. That just means the owners of the building want to market it to somebody else. So hopefully they can get a better price for it. But we still maintain possession of the building in the meantime. So as you can see, I'm just painting all the scenarios. We don't know how it all is going to shake out, but we're just knowing God's good and he's faithful. And he wouldn't lead us this far to forsake us. Amen. And so we're just walking it out by faith, and it's a faith journey. One of our favorite scriptures is Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? This is a faith journey, right? It's a faith journey. And isn't all of life a faith journey, right? I mean, yeah, all is. of our life, in every season, there are significant unknown things about the future. Right. There are significant unknown things about what is to come. And, and the definition of faith based on Hebrews 11 is that faith is the evidence of things not seen. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, the things in your life that you are in faith about that are unseen, yeah. um, I just want to encourage you, don't lose hope. 
Don't lose your grasp of faith on that thing and trust that God, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know what, I don't know exactly what it all looks like, but I know that you're good. I know that the scripture says it's going to be more than I could ask, think, or imagine whatever this unknown thing is in my life. And we've always been taught that usually right about the time when you want to just give up faith, you want to just dis disconnect your heart from praying and believing, usually it's right around the corner that breakthrough is coming. Right. Don't give we've, up. Yeah, don't give up. We've also been taught that um, you don't, you know, it, the only time you lose is when you give up. If you give up, you automatically lose. But if you never give up, you never lose. And so I just want to encourage you, stay in faith, stay connected. Yes. Even in the in the in between, so much of our faith life is the in between of the promise and the inheriting the promised land. And so, I just want to encourage you this morning. We serve a good God. We don't know all of all of the ways that it happens. We don't know the timeline. We don't know the who, what, when, why, where, how. But God does, and we put our faith and trust in Him, and He leads us every step of the way. Amen. I want to bring it all home real quick with this one, but I want to. I want to read you a scripture from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. A lot of us know this passage of scripture that Jesus speaks, but I want to read it out of the message translation and see how it hits for you in the, our busy culture and our life that we live right now. Let these words ring. Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? He says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. He says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you and keep company with me because you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. And I don't know about you, I just get so challenged every time I lean into that scripture when I look at my busy, busy, busy and our busy, busy, go, 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 produce, produce, produce uh, culture that we live in and, and we can get burnt out, we can get weary and we could need some real rest and Jesus has real rest. But what am I talking about when I say uh, the word alignment? A lot of times I feel like, our life as Christians, we, we believe the right things, but our life and our rhythms and our flow, our cadence is out of the rhythm that God originally designed for us. And so when I'm talking about Sabbath, I'm talking about rest, I'm talking about refreshing, I'm talking about balance in life, we can get so whacked out of balance, especially in the culture that we live in today, that it really gets us out of alignment from the way of Jesus. And on a practical note, the Lord's been teaching me this and showing me this through just a natural Thing that I've been going through about two years ago, I was running avidly. I love to run. Uh, two years ago, I was playing uh, intramural basketball in, in downtown Brighton, and I turned my right ankle. Something I've done tons of times, but um, I, I should have probably went in and got to take a look at. But as I'm a tough guy, whatever, I just let it heal. Right, I laid hands on it, believed, and moved on. Well, after that point, anytime I would run or work out, it would swell up really big on the inside. I was like, dang man, like what's going on? And so me, be me, I was like, okay, maybe I need to rest it. Maybe I just need to rest it. So I just rested it for like a year and a half. And didn't really work out much with my legs and running and all that stuff. And it never got any better. And so finally, I came to my senses like, okay, maybe I need to lean into this and get this checked out. And so haven't, uh, at that point, I hadn't got a medically uh, x-rayed or anything like that. But I connected with an awesome chiropractor. Shout out, you know who you are. And about three months ago, and he noticed that my right leg and my foot was cocked outward. I was out of alignment. So every time I was running, I was pushing off inwardly. And it was creating stress on, on the ankle there and causing swelling. Well, after a few adjustments and encouragement to keep moving, uh, a lot of us, you know, if, if we don't keep movement there, uh, our, it's not good for our bodies. I've been able to run for like the last month and a half, two, three times a week, pretty long distances with no pain, with no swelling, nothing, just a simple natural remedy into, of, of alignment issue. And when I was, as I've been doing that, the Lord's been like, hey, 
This next series that we're going to be getting into starting next week, a lot of similarities between alignment physically and alignment spiritually, like the pace of our life, the busyness of our life, our priorities in life. It's very, very important, and it applies to us. Our emotional health, our spiritual health, and our physical health determines a lot on the rhythms of life that we set up and our schedules and what we add into it. And we're going to get into this series. That's why we're so excited. We cannot wait to start next week. We're starting a brand new series. So great time to come check out a live, invite a friend or whatnot, a great on-ramp. Uh, a series that we've titled The Elimination, uh, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And it's after a book by Pastor Mark, uh, John Mark Comer. And we're so, so excited to really dive into this. And it's going to be an immersive series, right? Yes, solitude like, and rhythms, the rhythm and cadence of our life. And, you know, he talks about in the first couple of chapters, like the invention of um, the light bulb in the clock and, and how our life is so run outside of the normal rhythms that God has set up for life to be run. And what does it look like to live this unforced rhythms of grace life that God has yeah. called us to with Sabbath and solitude and rest and, and different things like this. It's something that we've talked about at Alive a yeah. lot. We've personally dove into it, studied it, read lots of different books. We've wanted to do more of an immersive series on this topic with a, a book kind of like we did in January with the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting where we all went through pursuit together and it was so life-giving. We've wanted to do this on this topic, but we haven't had the right book and we really feel like this book connects so well and communicates the heart of of Jesus on this topic. And so, man, we really encourage you to just commit to the next four Sundays, get here in person, grab the book, be reading the book during the week, get here on Sundays. We're also going to start sending out a weekly email with like some practical, tangible, how to apply these spiritual truths to our everyday life. We really encourage you guys to join this journey with us. It'd be great. Um, I'll close with this scripture, John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Let's pray, guys. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for all of this conversation today. And in the midst of the realness and randomness and rawness of it, I pray that your Holy Spirit has been moving and working behind the scenes, touching hearts, encouraging, bringing faith, giving clarity bringing peace and answers. Lord, we just thank you. We receive all of it today. A lot of us are in the in-between as well, in between the answer that we know and our current reality right now. And Father, you are worthy to be trusted. You are worthy to be worshiped. In the midst of it, we will still bless you. In the midst of it, you are still good and you are still God and you are building your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so Father, we receive everything we need from heaven right now in this moment. We leave encouraged. We leave lifted up. We leave with our head held high knowing that, Father, no matter what we're dealing with or what comes against us, even this week, it's no match for the kingdom of God and your good plan and purpose for our lives. And so, Lord, we receive it by faith in Jesus' name. If we could just continue this atmosphere of prayer for everyone here, both here in person or online, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we would never want to end an experience in a service without giving you an invitation and opportunity to do that. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed here in person, and if you would just reverence this moment online as well, no moving around, no getting up, I believe this is for some of you as well. And you want to put your full trust in the Lord, you do it by a personal relationship with the son Jesus. He's the gateway, he's the bridge. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
so there's no shame in the game whether you're doing this for the first time or maybe you're recommitting your life. It's been years since you've actually lived for the Lord and prayed that prayer when you were a kid. Time to make an adult decision and go all in and put Jesus in his proper place and everything else kind of falls in line when you do that. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, you're here today and you want to join in this prayer that I'm about to pray for Jesus to come into your heart. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you up front or call you out. I just want to know who can I link my faith with. But every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, just slip up your hand real high so I know who I'm talking to. Thank you. I see that hand. Online as well, just reverence this moment. We're a family church here, so we're going to pray a family prayer all together. I want you guys to repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the cross and your shed blood that all my sins would be forgiven. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life pleasing to you. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed, said, amen. Well, let's celebrate with those that prayed that prayer for the first time. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.